I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a little bit of random, a book, and some drawing together. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 419, Random. Random. It is a Saturday morning again. They do come so quickly, and yet, yes, of course, on their own measured schedule. So it is Saturday again, which means draw along time and drawing with friends time and filling space and filling pages and doing those wonderful things that weekends allow. Allow someone like me who can't do quite as much of that during the regular weekend. It has been a week. It has been a week. So, and I think it's going to be another week. So, Right. So here we are on a Saturday and random because I was still thinking after I got done talking last week and after I listened back to the show and did the editing, I was still thinking about the prompts and about all of the things I didn't say about prompts that probably I should have. But I was also thinking a lot about the fact that Part of why so many people respond to prompts, I think, is that there is something nice about the randomness of a prompt. There's something nice sometimes about being given a nudge or given a prompt that isn't what you expect or what you're prepared for, that when you see it, you have to somehow deal with it. You tackle it. You take it as a challenge. It becomes something you can scavenge. You can look around your house and find something that fits. And there's something maybe just a little bit more exciting, a little bit more decadent, a little bit more fun. There's just that little thrill that goes along with the randomness, the not knowing until that day. So I do think that that plays into it. I'm always surprised by prompt sets where at the start of a challenge, all 30 or 31 are provided up front because you do lose that randomness. And of course, I was talking exactly about prompt sets that are right there and that can be repeated. And that's a little different when you're doing a challenge that is going to be something for 30 days. And part of what is built into it is using the different daily prompts, I'm always a little surprised by the 30 up front. I know it makes it easier to present. It's much easier to put one up, one, rather than one each day. So the reveal is harder for people who do it daily. But you definitely get more of that little bit of a thrill when it comes out daily or when it comes out in batches, when you get a week at a time like ICAD. ICAD does that and that works really well. I think with 30, so many people 
overthink it and they pre-plan in a different way. And it you lose some of the spontaneity if you are really overthinking that way. Although that's really the approach for some people and that's okay. I do think though there's something to the idea of randomness and how not knowing, waking up and saying, oh, today I have to deal with whimsy or today I've been given this prompt of kaleidoscope. What will I do? I don't own a kaleidoscope. Well, of course there are a thousand and one plus infinity ways that you could approach that word, that concept in your space. Or maybe it's something much more concrete, something in a can. Well, you know, there's canned chili and there's canned corn and there's canned chicken and there are canned beets. There are lots of things in a can and we're living in a pandemic and cans just have something special about them because they're really good things to have in a pantry just in case. So, randomness. This week, this week, well, I think what I'm going to do today, and I know that tomorrow I will also try and record in the morning if I can manage it. Ooh, a clicker. i got a clicker in my hand. Ooh, okay. Very nice. So I think I will leave some of the random talk for tomorrow. Today I'm going to just talk a little bit about a book, a very short book, and then move into a quick timed drawing. Oh, my temptation is to put it all in. Saturday, it's my first time to talk, and I just want to throw all of it in, give you all the stories. And that is, in and of itself, a little chaotic. Chaos. Ooh, CMP, we definitely probably should work with chaos, right? So I had the chance this week, I was looking around this morning thinking, I just still not making any headway with my books, my pile of books. And there are one or two that maybe I would end up talking about, well, in terms of the writing books, many of them probably I could talk about, but one or two that are more art-focused, visual art-focused. But I, yeah, I'm i just not making any headway. I did move them. I moved them. I had to clear I had to clear the space again so that the entire path from the doorway in was completely empty. Again, I have had to do this twice this week. But I did move the books from the piano bench. It's a small piano bench. The piano is not even up here anymore. It was a digital piano, but that little bench has proven very handy. It sits by the door and typically holds these books. But I did move a whole stack of them to the top of a bookcase where the fish tank no longer is. Yeah, you don't even want to know. It's a good thing that we finally moved it, moved it out. So not making any headway there, but I did look through a book this week on Hoopla, which is an app. I have no idea if all of you have this app, but you all have libraries you all have access to bookstores and online ordering. And most of you have different apps that work with your library. So Hoopla allows access to digital books in a slightly different way than some of the others. So different kind of books. That's where I read the whole Lumberjanes series. So they definitely have a lot of comics, 
a lot of manga, a lot of graphic novel kind of pieces that I can't get just through other e-reader apps like Access 360 or Overdrive. So Hoopla has some of these things. And they have a book by Courtney Cheruti. And I looked up how to say the name and I still don't know if it's right. I tried to find a video where she says it and I just couldn't find it quickly enough. So I hope that's right. I follow Courtney at Instagram. I'm a huge fan of her work. I have watched numerous courses in the past on Creative Bug that she's done. So I will link her Instagram in the show notes. So definitely you should go follow if you don't already. She's very inspiring, has really accessible approach and philosophy. And I think you will definitely enjoy following her if you don't already. And so this book is picking up my notes. I had jotted down. No, I didn't. So the book is Make Art Where You Are, a travel sketchbook and guide by Courtney Cheruti. And I was totally surprised when I saw that it was available at Hoopla, and I was glad, definitely glad. It's a great chance to look at this book. It's a small book. In the app, it's about 67-ish pages. It's got great information, though. It was a wonderful small book to look through, and it was really engaging even in digital form. Sometimes you might have mixed feelings about how art books work like that. This worked really well. It's full of practical information. It's beautifully done. Like most how-to books of this form, it has intro material. But I am always a fan of seeing how different authors and artists present that material, what examples they show. So yes, there's a section on tools. But I love seeing that. I love seeing what each artist picks. I like seeing how they illustrate those tools, how they talk about them. So there's tools, there's suggested supplies, tips on using watercolor and brush markers, colored pencil, pen, and then tools in combination. And then, because the book is Make Art Where You Are, which is so incredibly apt right now when so many people are still pretty much limited to their spaces or communities, some of us are more limited than that. So make art where you are, but it's also about travel. So in theory, where you are is somewhere different, but right now you can interpret that very literally as really perfectly suited for pandemic thinking. So there are multiple landscapes in this book, and I thought those were beautiful. I really enjoyed the book for the landscape work and examples especially. They're lovely, they're loose, beautiful palettes. If you have been interested in or already do this, if you're interested in watercolors of natural spaces and doing landscape work, I think you really enjoy seeing these. I think you'll find it really inspiring and empowering and accessible. These have that loose quality that you look at and you think, oh, I could do that. Now, of course, it's not necessarily that easy. Her work is really beautifully done. But 
she does have some guided examples and exercises that help you start that process and break it down and understand what's involved in capturing that landscape in a loose format, format that doesn't have to take you hours. There is one on the introduction page at the front of the book that I just love. It's gorgeously done, beautiful palette. There's another one just a few pages in, also beautiful in palette, and she shows the swatches for these landscapes. I really like how it's done. I think just flipping through this book for the visuals is a wonderful thing to do. I think you'll be inspired, but there's some really good info here too. There's a great section on layouts that she calls dynamic layouts. She offers various examples of how you can effectively use the page, how you can work on a page or on two pages. And she shows you what different things will look like if you do this, or if you do this, this is an example of doing it this way. So you can kind of start to see that there are different approaches to layout and it changes how you see it. Good information for people to look at, whether you're painting or working in something like an illustrated journal or doing other kinds of sketchbook work. There are tips about using color, either all the colors or limited palettes. Some really good examples and advice for using limited palettes, working maybe with three colors. Tips for backgrounds and shadows, borders, appreciating wonkiness, being loose, including words, including text and typography in your work, and then more. I think there's some really good information here that you can absorb and learn from and be inspired by and be reminded of, a little refresher, no matter where you are in your own creative journey. In a chapter called There's Always Time, she offers some ideas for fitting in quick sketches or art. And her intro to this section even notes that waiting for a friend to come back from the bathroom is a perfect amount of time to do a blind contour. She's making a point that even in a few minutes, instead of picking up your phone, that's what she says, instead of picking up your phone, you could draw something. Right. It's that easy. That time is there and you're making the choice to do something else. Put your phone down. I'm guilty of this too. Put your phone down and draw something. You have that time. If you create spaces and constructs and ideas for yourself where you could just sketch the contour of the lamp in front of you or the chair or the fan, if you have a book where you're doing that and you keep it handy and you just pick it up and do it, you will find that you gain something through that repeated practice of seeing and translating with your hands to the page. There is a real love of blind contour in this book, and I think that's true to her work in general, maybe at times. So you will see some of that. But some of the ideas in this book, the first one is very cool. I love this. And while it's presented as something fast, I really like the philosophy of this. It's called swatch your setting and you swatch a color and you note what it represents in your surroundings. So this specific page is about concrete things. Swatch your setting, your coffee, pick a color, swatch it and say my coffee or my Sunday coffee or my 4 p.m. coffee or my 5 p.m. coffee or my 7 p.m. coffee. Those might not all have the same color in your head. It doesn't have to be a direct match. 
could be. So you're swatching your setting, whether you do that really a one-to-one correlation or how it feels to you. Then there's swatch your senses, and that's similar but a little more abstract. A summer breeze, sleeping under the stars, birdsong. And I just thought this was such a delicious thing to contemplate, to think about, to consider in terms of what color you use to represent something, to represent a moment, to represent a feeling, an energy, a noise, a sadness, a concept. I think representing things like that with a swatch of color, that's an awesome idea. Very cool. Not so easy. I think there's a lot of thought that goes into that. And maybe you don't think, you just intuitively do it and you grab the color and you lay it down, whatever color it is, and you just go with it. And that really spontaneous reaction to a word, to a random word, maybe, or to anything else in your surroundings. I think there's something really, really nice here. Seeing just swatches, always pretty. I always love it. I am such a sucker for swatches. It satisfies something so core and central and primal about color and grid. And yet, when you pair that with a simple label, identifying it, anchoring it, connecting it and contextualizing it, the word and the color, there's interplay between these two things. It might be something unexpected becomes something more and new. Just a little bit more about what's in the book. One of the guided exercises is a 30-minute simple stroke landscape, breaking down a landscape into bands of color. I think this exercise is definitely one people need to see and try. There are lots of wonderful examples of studies like this, and Again, it brings back some of the gridded studies in When Wanderers Cease to Roam. I think people are so often focused on the single big piece, the finished piece, the solo piece, the piece, that they really eschew the beauty in small studies, in multiple studies, in the juxtaposition of multiple studies and multiple sketches and views, vantages. I love seeing that kind of work and I love seeing it together on a page. I love people who can take a page and do a dozen thumbnails. I love that. That requires working small. It can be a challenge if you're someone like me and have trouble with that, but it's such a good exercise. It's such good practice in seeing. It's often good practice in working faster or more quickly planning to do three or six or nine quick thumbnails or quick watercolor studies rather than just one huge page. Something here definitely that people should think through and try. Add it to your repertoire. Give it a little bit of time and space in your own practice. There is a color-blocked cityscape exercise that's labeled as 60 minutes, blind contour drawings at five minutes, an enhanced blind contour drawing, 30 to 60 minutes. And in that one, she does a car, which I think for most of us, a blind contour of a car would be fairly challenging. But then there's a little bit of cleanup and then some watercolor hers turns out fantastic. The mark making section contains a quick mark still life, 
a 15-minute exercise that turns into a shelf of books, a 30-minute beach scene where you get a little bit of practice with figures, and then a 30-minute section working with photos and extending them with your own art. I think you will really enjoy looking through this book. I will link it in the show notes. You should check around and see where it might be available to you. So with that, because that's a little bit of a natural stopping place, I was going to talk a little bit more about this whole idea of, I've got a bunch of pens here, this whole idea of wander and your immediate space versus when you drive just a few seconds away. I think I'll wait. I think we've probably gone long for today. So I'll hold that. I'll make a mental note for tomorrow. Maybe I can bring that in tomorrow because there are some things about bears and windows and an A, an A door. And I do want to talk about those things. So maybe tomorrow I am going to stop now. I'm going to do a timed drawing. It's the way I kickstart my Saturday morning with you. And I will link whatever I decide to draw right now in the show notes so that if you haven't already drawn it, because many of you have already drawn these things because you're in the group at Facebook, but if you haven't drawn it when you hear this show, feel free to go and pull up that image and draw along. You can think through your own placement of nose and eyes and mouth and whatever else comes up as you listen and I'm doing the same thing. So a little bit of synchronicity there if you do it that way. Because on Saturdays I also draw with other people, the people that might do that probably are already drawing the same thing today at a later point. So I still hope some of you take that opportunity. It'd just be kind of nice to see what you drew while you listened. Even if it's not what I draw, I hope you'll show and share what you drew while you listen. And I hope you're not embarrassed somehow to tag this show or me when you share those things. So I will stop and start and we'll go from there. Okay. I'm going to scoot back a little bit. I have a odd space on my page to move some tools. It seems like every week I end up with so many pens on this table and I move them to pen bags or Ziploc plastic bags and they just accumulate. But I have a number out right now. I am thinking through September. But on my page, this happens on Saturdays because it's the last day technically of this week and I've done two and a half pages, two and three quarters. I have just a little bit of odd space on my final page. And so it's not conducive really to, Ooh, I used a pen that bled. Oh dear. Well, I did not know that. Oh, and I used it on both pages. Did it bleed in that one too? Oh, Oh, I hadn't seen that because I hadn't turned the page. I do know what I used. So strange. This book holds like fountain penning like crazy. It never bleeds. And I was filling in a couple of words last night and I picked up the Uniball Vision, which is the pen Linda Berry uses. And so I have it because 
I was doing, working through making comics with a very small group of people. And so I had picked up the right pen thinking, I want to see what I think of this pen. And I grabbed it last night thinking, oh, that will let me fill in this space more quickly. I am super surprised that it bled through this paper. Wow. Just a couple of dots on the back and a little bit of ghosting from the word. The word was boom and six weeks. So, and what really bled is the point. Is that the point of, yeah, no, it's actually in the middle. I'd drawn some darts. I was having, clearly having a night and trying to figure out what I could just quickly draw that might somehow capture something going on in my head. So I drew darts, you know, the kind you throw. Throwing darts at life, I guess. So I'm going to turn the page, although now I know there's a some bleed. So I have a couple picks for today. I always choose more photos on Saturday, partly because I do this, but I only need one pick for this, but then I'm going to draw. So I always choose several things, hoping there's something people will really gravitate towards, especially the people who are going to draw with me. So I am going to do, I, I'm, I'm, I am really, really attached and enchanted by those little girls that I've been drawing recently. I'm looking at Saturday mornings now as my kid day. I'm having trouble finding enough different photos of children at Sketchy that really have just the right kind of look for me that I think I can do and that's just really the right thing. I'm still looking. If you have photos you want to suggest, I'm all ears. But don't get offended if I don't because I'm pretty picky about what I do. I just don't know that, but I am. But this account is Ashley Larson, and I have now done several from her. I did Dragon Cape, and I did the girl with the orange and white polka dots and the binoculars. And I think, let's see, I'm thinking that there was another one. Oh, I might not have done the other one, so I've marked another one. I might not have done it yet. Dragon Cape Stands is one of my favorites. Definitely. So I'm going to do this one. This is in the same series with Dragon Cape. I had mentioned there's a series of three, three kids all together in their costumes looking very bored. And I have the other, the other child marked to do. And this is the third. And she's sitting by herself. She has a costume on with a hat and a cape. And like a superhero shield on the ground next to her. And she's got her hand on her knee, which is a super big challenge. So these are challenges. This Saturday morning kid thing, these are real challenges for me, personal challenges. And I am finding them rewarding. I'm spending a lot of time on them. That's true. But I am finding them really rewarding. And I think I'm learning a lot. I'm really pushing my line and my ability to fit things in, the perspective and the space. So I'm going to do this. And I, I love the palette of this too. I, these make me want to go back and redo them and, and paint. But there's also something beautiful about them in the pen and ink. Let's see. I will need to do a self-portrait today too. I'm wondering if I can fit that in 
I might be able to fit it in on that other page. So if I look at this back page, blank page, this next page with the spots on it. Well, I think that's okay. I'm going to put her down here in this corner. I'm going to probably do her fairly big. I'm not even going to do a box. So I need to set a timer for us. And timer. Oh, we seem to be out of sync. It's not, not recommending a timer for me. All right, I'm going to do 12. Seems to work out okay. She's going to take me much more than 12. So, all right. Where to start? I mean, we've got a whole lot of body here and a very compact face. Wow, I'm not even, this is the kind, if I start up here at her head, I'm likely to not even get to her feet, but I'm just gonna pick a spot. Try to keep her within the realm of small. She's really cute. Really, really cute. It was a long intro and so much still hanging in the air here, but I don't know how much people really listen in this part because once you start drawing, you're probably focused in a slightly different way. So we'll hold off on anything big. Anything big. Got just the shape of her face. Then I'm gonna have to fit these eyes in, but I'm putting the point of this hat or Good. Just putting it in so I have a little bit of guide marks for the size, size and where her face needs to go to fit inside of this. Probably puts too much pressure on these drawings to do them this way and talk about them. Although some of them I think have turned out are some of my favorite pieces, really. My favorite recent pieces have been pieces I've done as part of these Draw With Me recordings. Draw Along recordings. So. The hat is really cute. Super cute. It's sometimes funny how the little details, you think it's all really about the right size and then there's not quite room for that stripe and that dot. And branch it out a little bit so that means that this hat is actually a little taller this learning process for me is so valuable 
hat's a little too tall, but it's better than too small. All right, let's see. So the hat is really bigger than her face. All right, she's on an angle. I'm gonna, <laughs> I have to turn my page here to work a little bit. Turn my page and my phone at the same time so I keep the image parallel, but I want to be able to draw these eyes straight even though they're actually, when I turn the page back, there will be at the right angle, but I find it easier to go ahead and draw them as if with my paper turned so that they are straight to what I'm looking at. My pencil is, what am I using? It's a 0.5. I feel like this lead is, point is too thick for my space. I don't know how people work so small. So, yeah, her eyes are bigger in this space than they should be. I've had a couple of my kid drawings not work very well. The heads come out way bigger than the bodies. I'm noticing I do that. Ugh, there's not a lot of room here. Ooh. Gonna get her other her hand in there. How in the world am I gonna do that? That's too bad because I really like this picture. I really love this account. I feel like I could just draw from this account every week and be so happy. But then I feel a little bit like a stalker. So. I wonder why she looks like she's looking that direction. You ever really stop and think about how you control where the eye looks? Sometimes you put the eye where it's supposed to be, or you see other people do it, and when you look at the source, it just doesn't seem to be looking the right way compared to the inspiration photo. Sometimes very interesting to look at what makes that happen. It's just the placement really of the pupil and maybe of the light, but I find it a fascinating process. This is the kind of drawing that's frustrating to me because in drawing her this small, I can't do the right kind of detail. So even if I use a 0 0.5, uh, 0.05, Oh, what is it? An 005? I don't know. Whatever that micron is. I think it's 005. That's small enough to do it, but it just, I don't have the control of details. So I really wanted her to be bigger than this. Oh, she's, she's very small. I'm not sure I'm going to be happy. And her features are taking up more than the room of this space. So, and that's, and they still feel too small. So, I'm not ever going to be able to do postage stamp design, I'm telling you right now. It's just not me. I don't know that she's going to be big enough to make me satisfied, though. Let me flip back. Okay, those people were all much, much bigger, and that gives me room. Okay, so what do I do? What do I do? Let's see. I am 
a little bit tempted to I'm going to leave her. I'm going to just leave this little bit. And I think I'm going to do her again, though. Bigger. And then I guess I'll see what happens after that. So our time is probably almost up. 40 minutes. Wow. Okay. Let's, let's just check that. Let's just check. We have four minutes left. 40 minute show. Whoa. Okay. I am going to try her at a larger size. And I think what I will do is I don't care if I don't get her whole body. What I care about is her head and that hand. I'd like to get that shield. So I'm going to start up here. Angle for the eye. I'm going to start with her eyes. Really, I'm going to start with her nose. So that I can place the eyes. Alright. That nose is about the size of the other, the other head. So, I'm going to pull up shadow part of and face around the nose that's going to tell me that tells me where the point of the hat is okay and her eye is over here right close to that oh, she's a kid so this is a smaller smaller area a little more compressed Her eye should be right about here. And actually the V of the, the hat comes down right to the eye. Yeah, so it's just outside the nose shadow and then crosses over. Okay, this is going to be much, much bigger than the other one. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm going to leave that other one. Just do my journaling around it today. looks a lot more severe, but I think it's just my overlapping lines that are in here right now. I need to soften her up. She's super, super sweet. All right, so this other side of the nose is going to come up like this. So in that four minutes, we got a new, new face shape happening, much bigger. Got a nose. We have two eyes.
and the outline of a hat. Okay, so that's what we got. So that's not bad, four minutes. Okay, and And definitely this is a better a better start. Kids' faces have so very little shadow sometimes because they're so soft and the form is just different. And they end up, of course, looking older when I do them and when some of you do them. The bubble one that I did last week really turned out to be a favorite for me and I wasn't sure I could even do that photo, so I think pushing yourself is a good thing, and this format of a show is really forcing me to do some of that and talk it through, and and as you hear, sometimes I start over, sometimes I go, well, that won't work, and I completely erase, I usually erase, I, I don't usually leave it, but I want to leave that small one, I might just put it in a box might just finish out part of it and just leave it. It would be nice on the opposite page to have that both duplication and that example of scale. And her lips are a little bigger here than they should be. Since I go back and pen my initial sketch, it's okay if it's a little off. I really do change it all up, but I mean, it's probably still a little off no matter what. That's not my point. You get it. You get it. All right. So I'm ready. Let me make sure this cheek works as it goes out this way. No, since I don't have any of her hair or anything in her face is looking a little, definitely doesn't look like a kid. Why doesn't it look like a kid? I just can't. I think this chin, though, is got to go farther out here because where this hand is going to happen. Okay, so I pretend the face would be there, which doesn't make sense to me, but all right. And then we're going to have a hand coming in. really have to stop. I have to go take care of some things before I get this started. I think that's going to be where it goes. <laughs> I think that's where it goes. Okay, so this chin comes down like this. All right. Well, I hope your drawing time was satisfying or inspirational or you learned something or even if it was frustrating maybe it was still somehow rewarding sometimes drawing is frustrating a little bit just a little bit when you get past that frustrating though it's sometimes super satisfying i'm gonna take a picture of the little bit i've done here <laughs> I need a, another phone source so I can take a picture with the
with the photo, with the phone laying on top of it with the photo. Okay. I am the art. The art is me. Okay. Well, it will probably take me a lot of time to edit that show. This is a way too long show. I guess I talked a long time about the book. Good thing I didn't tell you anything else. So I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Creativity Matters podcast. Thank you if you listened to the draw along portion. And if you drew along, awesome. I would love to see what you did. Tag me or tag the show one way or the other. I'd love to connect with you at Instagram. So I am Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the Creativity Matters podcast dot com website. You can find me at Instagram as Oamy Oamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. Simply sharing the show cover there, the show episodes, maybe some of the little challenges. Definitely I'm interacting with people via my own account. So please follow Oamy Oamy, especially if you want to connect and share and I will refollow on those places if I know that you're coming from the show. Thank you to those of you who support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Thank you to those of you who use the Kofi button. And thank you to those of you who use the Amazon wishlist or Amazon links to start your own shopping at Amazon. I appreciate all of those things. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.